Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Life in the Raw with Troy and Danny. I'm Troy. And I'm Danny. How are you, sweetheart? I am tired but good. Um, how are you? Can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> um I can say that I this week feels like it's going by fast and slow at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like, how is today already Thursday? Like, how is that a thing? So, um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, quite, uh, surprised at how fast the week is going. But, um, yeah. I, um, I also realized today that I haven't checked in with my parents this week. Which is I called my mom earlier. Which is too. a sin, I'm sure, somewhere. Um, but thou shalt call your mom and dad. At least once a week. At least once a week. <laughs> so sorry for that. Um, but also, uh, yeah, wanted to say thank you again for those that are listening and sharing and sticking with us through all those really long episodes. <laughs> Um, yeah, our numbers are growing way more than I every thought episode, which is fantastic. Like yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot more than I thought. Yeah, but um, yeah, thank they you guys. They love me. They <laughs> really love me. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks again for you know coming and listening to us, hanging out. Um. Um, literally what you guys hear in this podcast is how we talk to each other, like, all the time, um, when we're sitting. I would randomly break out into song. Yeah. Start a sentence and I'll find a song. Yeah. This is literally how we interact with each other (laughs) on a daily basis. Yeah. (laughs) On a daily basis. (laughs) Um, just like last episode, we really don't have much of a direction. We're just kind of chilling kind of talking chilling chilling oh chilling like a villain this is too awkward and um, the episode would turn into laughter so um what we're going what she's talking about is she got i got the cards favorite cards the and cards by oh. the skin deep <laughs> so Okay, I'm laughing because this card says, which one of my friends don't you trust? No new friends, no <laughs> new friends, no, 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 no new. I don't have, I don't, I have two friends, two, like, people I would call my friends, if that makes sense. I have a lot of, like, people that I interact with and a lot of people I would, like, uh, okay, I'll change that. I have two best friends. And then I have friends. Because they're more than acquaintances, but not my best friend. I have you, and I have my South Carolina girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shout out to you. <laughs> yes. Literally I know she's been listening our, to us when she runs. That's our little, like, triangle now. Yeah. Because literally, I have you, and then I have her. Yeah. I have, I have friends. Triangle. But, like... You and her are my, 
my people. Um, <laughs> I know the song is stuff. Anyway. Um, but yeah, do you Oh. Would you like to read the song? What do I do that distracts from our relationship? Not distracts. Detracts from. Oh. Like what do what I do, do that I takes do away that from the relationship? From our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do that detracts from our relationship? You, um, you're working on it, but (laughs) you tend to do and put things before our friendship mostly work (laughs) yes I do that and I do not so yeah no I just money right but I think I think that kind of comes from you're in the mindset of like I need money but I've been in a place where I had the money and I was unhappy and that put me in the mindset of like money isn't everything I will mm-hmm. say no to work in a heartbeat mm-hmm. picking up shifts working extra doing more than I'm paid to do I will say no to that mm-hmm. just because I've been in that position before and I'm, I promised myself I would never do that but also I, th- I think it comes from from myself I do it because I know what I have to take care of as in, like, my kid and my house. And the, the thing is, though, you doing you doing just the, I don't want to say the minimum, but for the lack of a better way of saying it, with you doing the minimum, you still can take care of everything. You just have this issue where you have to prepare for the worst. Yes, because life has taught life me that's what happens. you up. Right. Yeah. And it's not that I don't prepare for the worst, but it's hard for me to prepare for something that I don't foresee coming. And I feel like if I dwell on, I got to prepare for this bad thing, I got to prepare for this bad thing, then the bad thing is bound to happen. Because now I'm looking at my life to see where that bad thing is. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I don't dwell on it, and something bad comes my way, I'm just like, oh, it's just a little hiccup. Like, I can figure it out. It's just another little hiccup. Um, and it, and I try not to catastrophize. Can yes, catastrophize it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm trying not to make it a <laughs> catastrophe. <laughs> um, um, because if I do, then that's all that I would be able to focus on. Yeah, I think I it's think just a different mindset. I would agree. Mostly because I, when the life has taught me, unfortunately, that bad things do happen. Mm-hmm. And I always end up up Shit's Creek without a paddle when those bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Now, has that vastly improved now, since on, meeting I, you? I definitely want you what? to also correct yourself. What? You end up Shit's Creek with a paddle that you specifically try not to use. I just was trying to I'm get just, to that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, you know, obviously it has drastically improved since 
us becoming friends. Mm-hmm. But especially like right now where my partner who was, you know, no longer going to be my partner is no longer like helping provide. So in my mind, I'm, I'm doing the household by myself. And yes, you are here, but as you've also tried to teach me that next year when I buy a house, I have to stick within a budget that what if you're not with me? Right. So what if something happens and you're not here? Like I still have to be ready for if that happens. I still have to be mindful of that those situations could come up even if you're not with me, even if you're not here. And I know that we don't like talking about the you not being with me thing. I mean, yeah, but but at the same time, it's like if I'm willing to help you when I am here, Mm -hmm. what makes you think that I'm not willing to help you if I'm not here? Because it wouldn't be your responsibility. Whether it's my responsibility or not. Okay, here's the the simple truth and the simple fact with that. Mm -hmm. And we kind of talk about it all the time. If any of my siblings call me and needs help, what do I do? Help. Okay. So what makes you think that I'm not going to help you when I see you as literally my other person? Like you're you're literally my best friend. So what makes you think that I wouldn't <laughs> help you if you called? I didn't say you wouldn't. I'm just I'm just sitting you down and slapping you in the hand right now. <laughs> like go to timeout. <laughs> I'm just trying to, but I get it. No, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Even if we end on not end, well, that's no. Even if we separate on good terms, like you're just moving on into your next stage in life. Mm -hmm. I still have KJ. I still have me, and I still have KJ. Right. And yes, don't get me wrong. I know that you will help me. I know in my mind that you will help me. But that does not change the determination to make sure that I would be good well, without yeah, you. Yeah, I know that. But I'm because just saying. Because I'm thinking of KJ. I'm just saying. I'm just So, saying. yes, I agree. But it's hard for me to just, you know. Sorry. No, it's fine. I, and you'll hear it. You, no, you, sorry you hear it the mic. all I'm the time. I never say sorry to anything. I no, you don't. And that's you. So I wouldn't change it anyway. <laughs> Anyway, okay, go ahead. Um, if you could have something of mine, what would it be and why? <laughs> if I could have something for your patience. Hmm. You have a lot of patience with I with everything, everyone. Very, very, <laughs> very little patience. Um, your patience. I really wish I could have that. Because I think I would... Whew, if I could just have <laughs> just a drop of it, that would be nice. Um, I would say your confidence. Because, um, you, uh... One confident motherfucker. <laughs> and I can't, like... I was watching this, this interview, um, with Kiki Palmer... And the question was like, what is your favorite curse word? And she sat there, she goes, motherfucker. And I was like, what? And then she was oh, like, yeah, because yeah, you can say it anyway. You can say it sad, you motherfucker. You can say it angry, you motherfucker. And I was just like, oh. And she's like, you can say a surprise, you motherfucker. And I was sitting there and I'm like, that's a 
good cuss word. <laughs> Sorry, side note. Oh, Love Kiki Palmer. Did I thoughts? tell you the story of when I funny. met her? No. I met Kiki Palmer. You did not tell me. Uh, we're going to, you know, roll it back. <laughs> um, it was the year, it was my school year, 2005 to 2006. I was in the sixth grade. Um, that spring, I was in choir in middle school. And mm-hmm. that spring, um, you auditioned to be in, so they, DC has the Cherry Blossom Festival. Right. And so they had a Cherry Blossom Parade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that spring, I auditioned to be in the festival mm-hmm. with me and a group of students. And so we got it. And me and, like, I want to say there was, like, six of us in total. Mm, I think it was, like, six of us. Anyway, it could have been more. But we got it. And so we go to the festival, and we mm-hmm. find a program. And in the program, it says special guest Kiki Palmer. And I flipped. Because <laughs> this is the right, like, I loved her from Aquila and the Bee. Right. This was right when they were like teasing um, True Jackson VT. So I was like super excited. Uh Like, I love Palmer. And so then um, we were sitting around waiting at our spot like early in the morning, but Mm -hmm. they were like trying to get people, make sure everybody was there so that they can start the parade. Mm -hmm. She pulls up in this black car. She comes out, and I look over. I'm like, Kiki Palmer! And me and the group that I was with go running towards her. She's like, hey. And I'm like, oh, my God, we love you. I hug her, and she smells like strawberries. <laughs> well, at the time, she smelled like strawberries. <laughs> but I'm not Kiki Palmer. And I always wanted me to, like, uh-huh. meet her again so I could be like, listen, I don't know if you remember me. If you know me, you probably don't. Do not blame me. But in the year 2005 <laughs> 2006, I met you at the Cherry Blossom Parade in D.C., and I loved you for that because you were the nicest person ever. She was so sweet. She was so sweet. And she wanted – so it was funny because she was like, you guys want to take pictures? And we were like, yeah. And so we got one picture with her, with her. But we wanted to do – she wanted to do individuals with us mm-hmm. too. But her bodyguards or whoever, like, pulled her and was like, we got to go. We got to go to our float. All day. I was so mad because I really would have loved an individual <laughs> picture with her. But I, when I went home, I told my mom – like, I was telling everybody. And when we got to school, we were like, we met a celebrity. <laughs> it was funny. It was so funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, next card. <laughs> I want to read it. I Make it towards me. <gasps> that's a good one. What's something you'd like to forgive me for that I'm not aware of? So what is something for you? Right, yeah. That you want to forgive me for that I'm not aware of. Something that I did that I wasn't aware of. That would require us to not talk about it when it happens. What do you mean? Like when like everything. If we ever have a problem, when I tell you like like we were talking about the whole like I got ten percent you know, like mm-hmm. can you pick up the other whatever? Mm-hmm. Really, like, whenever something comes up or anything, like, we talk about it. So there's nothing I can think of offhand that you don't know that you've done that I need to forgive you for because we instantly talk about everything that happens or that comes up. Uh, So off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. 
Because we talk about everything. That's true. Now that I'm thinking about it, that it, I mean, that's a good question to ask. Someone, right, but yeah. Now but that I'm thinking about it, we talk about the everything. way that we kind of set up our friendship to have that open communication right. and that, that line of if something's happening to mm-hmm. us, we'll talk about right. it and figure it out as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is. Because I, I don't know, is that, a, is that a trauma response where you have to talk about it right away? You like to talk about it yeah, right I away. Yeah, I have to. I do not. Right. You're okay with not. And sometimes... Sometimes it's better that I, I don't because mm-hmm. I will say something in the heat of the moment mm-hmm. that not I mean. don't really mean, mm-hmm. but I still say it. Yeah. So it's better. Sometimes it is better for me to walk away. Yeah. You I just... I... But I can't. I have to talk about it because I, I overthink everything. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't talk about it right away or we don't talk about it in a short time period, my brain will like eight ways to Sunday figure out how I fucked up. Or how I could have done something differently. Or what did I do? What did I even do anything at all? That kind of... I, I, I think so that's I one of my biggest pet peeves with you, though. That I have to talk about it? You have to talk about I it. I do. And sometimes it's like... It has nothing at all to do with you. Right. And you're still like, I did something. What's up? I had like, to I know I I had I d- have done something. And I'm just like, I just do not want to talk. Right. At all about the situation. So I would Which rather the just other day. Yesterday or the day before, you did really good dinner time-wise. Yesterday. Was it? We ate at work. Oh, when... You looked at I, me in I, the elevator before we even started and the said, shift and said... I'm at a zero. I'm at a zero. We will I not be back, eating dinner right, together. And then I came down, and mm-hmm. then I told you that I piece it back up to a five, but I'm still not in the mood Right, to eat, to eat dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that... that helped yesterday avoid the why are you not mm-hmm. like why do you still seem like you're not interacting with me mm-hmm. um but that that helped a lot so that's that so far has been working so i don't feel like i did anything wrong when you don't feel like talking for those of you who are just jumping into this episode without listening to the ones previous one shame on you <laughs> you should definitely listen to the ones previous <laughs> and two we've implemented a new thing in our friendship where we will long story short in a relationship any relationship not just a romantic and a friendship as Mm -hmm. well um no relationship is ever 50 50 sometimes someone has less and the other person has to pick up more um we implemented that thinking into our our friendship Mm -hmm. and you know if sometimes i'm not feeling it Mm -hmm. Especially because Danny does internalize a lot of things. I not do, saying yeah. that I don't, but she definitely does out of the both of us the most. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better that if I tell her, hey, I'm only able to give you like 10% of our friendship right now. Mm-hmm. She hears that. She respects that. She understands that. And she knows that, okay, well, at this particular time, I can't expect anything more than that 10%. Right. So that's how we've been navigating our friendship. And overall, it has been working well. Yeah, it's been... It's been better only, and I say that because you would look at me, Mm -hmm. and even if, like you said in an earlier episode, you just had a wedgie, right? But the face you gave me, I took it personally, right? And I would, you know, look at you like, well, why are you looking at me like that, or what did I do? And then I think and overthink about why you could be looking at me like that, Mm -hmm. and why you're not talking to me about it, and. Mm You know, or why you get upset if I ask you why mm-hmm. you looked at me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, I think that was damaging. 
not damaging the communication as a whole, but like just damaging Oops. communication. Right. Because I felt like I was saying something or could have said something right. that, you know, that I didn't, that I wasn't aware of that upset you or mm-hmm. whatever. But doing that so far, every time we've shared it or, you know, expressed where we were at, you know, like percentage wise, it's been very, like, beneficial. So I, that's, it's been great so far, but yeah. I can't think of anything because we just talk. Right. Even if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your greatest fear about getting older? My greatest fear about getting older. Mm-hmm. That I haven't accomplished anything. I was going to say that. Right. I think that's, but we've talked about that before. Yeah. I, that's our biggest fear is that like. For I, but I think the accomplishments are definitely different. Like for mm-hmm. me, it's more so accomplishing what I want in terms of like a relationship mm-hmm. um, aspect of that, <coughs> marriage, kids, that stuff. But also building a legacy for you know making sure that my name. I'm not looking for my name to be in lights, but definitely like. To oh, carry on. Troy did something mm-hmm. great, and this is what it is. You mm-hmm. know, I'm also worried that as I get older, I'm always worried. Really, has nothing to do with getting older or not. That am I doing right by God? In terms of, am I doing what He's needing me to do? Am mm-hmm. I being a good shepherd for what I have, but also for the people around me, making sure that you know I am spreading His name and His greatness. And stuff like that mm-hmm. um for those that don't know this and don't you know aren't in our immediate circle one of our favorite musicals is hamilton and there's uh quite a few numbers in that like history has its eyes on you mm-hmm. that really talks about like you know what you leave behind or like what's happening right now will they remember in the future mm-hmm. and then who tells your story mm-hmm you know like who lives who dies who tells their story right like you know you never know who you've impacted right and who will speak of you and i just really want to be a positive right like i i want to i want to know that what i've done someone has been impacted by right in a positive manner right yeah i know there's there's especially in my past like there was a Ooh, no, you do not. You get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are welling up. Um, don't do that. Um, in my past, I know that I've negatively impacted a lot of people. I would say the same, yeah. Um, you never know what people are going through. Right. And I can say, especially for the youth, Hurt people hurt people. For sure. And I think growing up, I was hurt, so Mm -hmm. I hurt people. Okay. And I hated that. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I've always kept with me is, like, trying to remember, especially my later years, try to remember to not go back into that headspace. But, like, there was a lot of – I was a mean kid. I really was. I was hurt. I was a hurt kid, but Mm -hmm. I was also very mean to a lot of my peers. And I've actually seen 
Like there was one one person that I knew who in my head I thought we were friends, but w- apparently I was a bully. And oh. I do not discount any of their feelings feelings or, or their experience their experience mm-hmm. with me. Um, but I thought I was being friends, but honestly, looking back at it, I do now see, oh, that you I, I, I was bullying them and that's not, it's not okay. Great. That's yeah. not okay. And I've always wanted to apologize to these people. Like I've always wanted to sit down and, and be say, like, hey, I'm listen, hurt people, hurt people. I'm not trying to make an excuse. Yeah. But I am sorry. I'm real yeah. Because sorry for it's I I was I was hurt at that time. Mm-hmm. And the only way that I knew how was to hurt others. Right. You know, misery loves company. So mm-hmm. it's like I was I hate that I was in that mindset yeah. in elementary and middle school. Mm-hmm. A little in high school as well. But, you know, I mm, I wish I could just go back and line them up and Sorry, Each I'm tell sorry, them I am so sorry for that. <laughs> I um, I can say the same. And as we've said before, hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. We always look back and say, "Oh, I could have done that differently," or "Oh, I should have done that differently." Um, when I worked at, at the restaurant, mm-hmm. um, I was very inexperienced. I was very naive. Um, I I was very you know. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I was thrown into it. And because I was, I just kind of accepted it mm-hmm. and, you know, moved forward with that. And I feel bad for those that worked under me. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know what I was doing and because I was, you know, asking for help and I wasn't getting it from like the owners and stuff. And so that really impacted their lives as well as mine. And I felt I felt really bad for that. Like, I felt bad for putting them in that situation, um, you know, even with asking for help. But I still feel I had some responsibility in that part of their life. And most of them were high school kids, you know, just working when they were out of school. Mm-hmm. And um, several, like, adults who were had children and who were working to, you know, just maintain life and I felt bad for how those things went and I wish too that I could tell them I was sorry because mm-hmm. I know I I in some part had a negative impact on them right. um, there was few that were that became my roommate and you know she was around you know all the time we worked together we lived together and my decisions had a negative impact on her mm-hmm. and her decisions too but a lot came from my side mm-hmm. um and i wish i have told her that i am sorry but i still feel that like i know that i had a negative impact in that time of her life mm-hmm. um her and her now wife mm-hmm. and you know i just those parts i definitely yeah, I was going to say, sorry if you hear the dogs. There's most likely a deer or a raccoon. One of the two. Um, a gopher. No, a ground hog. 
Wait, what's the difference? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, or a fox. Sorry. Squirrel at this point. Um, no, they're asleep. But um, yeah, I just, uh, I do wonder what legacy, like you said, I'm leaving behind. Because mm-hmm. I know it's not about materials. I could I care less about so. those types of things I leave behind, but it's the impact on people that I wonder about. Mm, what is this? Next. What no. kind, though? Um, what do you think is the hardest thing about the choices I've made? I think for you, what do you think is the hardest thing? For the choices that you've made, what I think was the hardest thing was how it would affect children. Yeah. Because I genuinely don't care about how it affects me. Right. Because I can rebound and... You always, ever since I've met you, you've always been like, but KJ. Right. It's whatever decision, it was always but KJ. I'm quite resilient in that. But I definitely am... Oh, yeah. My first thing is, well, how will it affect my son? Mm -hmm. And it's starting to shift a little, um, thanks to dad. But... um. You know, he made a comment, having two miserable miserable parents doesn't, doesn't, you know, bring up a happy child. Right. You know? Right. And thinking about that, like, my impact or, like, my decisions and stuff, I have to also make decisions that make me happy so that I can also make sure that I have a happy child because mm-hmm. I am happy. Mm-hmm. So that's been... A shift for sure, but um, yeah, no, that's me pretty much. Why are you doing that? I'm trying to see how much you can hear the dogs. Cause, like, I'm sure quite a bit at this point. Um, mm. but uh, as for you, I feel like for a while the hardest, the hardest thing would be. I want I want to say how you're like I know you say you don't care how people or like what people think of you or what they mm-hmm. whatever but I know there were quite a few decisions and choices you had to make that were concerning as to how your family might react mm-hmm. um, and I think even though those choices were hard to make you still did what made you happy and right. did what you thought was best for yourself. Right. Um, but I, those choices were hard. I don't for think. You. I think. Yeah, I think those choices was hard. Um, I don't think it was more so. I think it was hard for. I don't know. I think it was I hard for the anticipation hard. of. The anticipation was the worst thing. Yeah, but I'd say. I know decisions for you are. You know, very it's very cut dry, right? Like, but you do it based on what makes you happy and like what right. is going to be, you know, the most productive for right. you. Right. And I have learned quite a bit watching you make those decisions because for myself, I just made decisions based on how it would make my partner happy mm-hmm. a- and or my son. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't think about myself or how those decisions would make me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't care. I just. Is it going to keep my household happy? 
then okay, then that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it didn't. It didn't help. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't help. It didn't help. Um, okay, we're gonna do one more, and then we'll move on to the topic we talked about earlier. Um, which one of our experiences made you love me the most? Ooh, I love this question. <laughs> um. Oh. Which one am I most fond of, or which one? See, that's <laughs> which one made me love you the most. Uh. Um. Mm. <laughs> when I was having a mental breakdown, and you drove. To give me Chick Fil A <laughs> when we first met. Okay. Not when we first met, but so he was. We were in nursing school, mm -hmm. right? Still, mm -hmm. towards the end, I think. Middle, Middle end. end. You were on your break. I was on my break, so it was near the end. No, near the end for you. It was near the end for me. Um. And everything was just kind of in the middle. For everything me. was just. Uh, this was me. before COVID. Right. COVID hadn't started yet. Mm -hmm. And our COVID wasn't a thing yet. Um, and uh, you texted me and were you texting or calling? Something like that. And you were just not yourself. And oh my gosh, you had watched the Love is Blind. And you were losing your mind because it was just after. No, that wasn't it. That was the phone call. I know, but you're still losing your mind. It was around that time. Something like that. Yeah. I, 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 uh, well, from what I remember of the situation was... You were texting was, me or calling I was me something. Texting her calling you, but I was, I was in the midst of a mental breakdown because school was getting to me. You had left. Mm -hmm. I felt alone in mm -hmm. that. Um, I was stressed. I had so much shit do mm -hmm. and it, everything was just a lot and then this was also in the midst of the last relationship that I was in me coming to <coughs> sorry <laughs> me coming to terms that like it truly is never going to be a thing yeah um, y'all aren't gonna come back together it's right, not gonna be a right and that yeah. took me that did take me a long time mm -hmm. to come to that yeah that my senses with that one mm -hmm. just because i definitely saw a whole entire future with right, that yeah but anyway mm -hmm. me coming to terms that that wasn't a thing like it i was just it was a lot mm -hmm. and i felt alone and i had called you and you just sensed that something wasn't right and the next thing I know is I get it. I'm getting literally getting ready for bed, and I get a text that says, "Come outside." I said, "What the hell?" <laughs> I look outside and I see your car. I go mm -hmm. outside and you have food for me. Yep. Because you knew I didn't eat all day. Nope. I bought Chick Fil A, um, and gave it to you, and we stood in the rain 
we did in the s- in silence in silence just quiet mm-hmm. and i s- told you to go inside and eat and then get some sleep and you're like i'll try and then went in the house right but we literally stood there probably like 15 minutes in the rain just quiet in silence just nothing mm-hmm. and i just I knew that there wasn't anything I could say that would make it better because mm-hmm. what do you say in that situation? Mm-hmm. But it was, okay, well, I'm here. So if he does decide to talk, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't want to, then we'll stand here mm-hmm. until you're done with your bad habit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a... Mm-hmm. I know that was for me. What was, mm-hmm. what was yours? <coughs> you mm. I'll keep you entertained. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's coming from me. Um, I would say when you first moved in with us in Woodbridge and you were think just in that that time in itself because of what kind of time we were having mm-hmm. um just you being there during that time really like i guess started it and then we did our first best friends exchange thing oh yeah and i think it was like just i hadn't had a friend in a long time like just be there to be there mm-hmm. and then to be there and be observant and be like so like detail oriented in the stuff that I like and like paid attention to it like it wasn't the fact that you got me those gifts it was like the amount of thought put into them mm-hmm. and I was like yeah like he's definitely here for me like this is like something like I, I don't know but it, it started there but it was it was like the support and then that like added to it mm-hmm. and yeah but yeah I, what's your favorite memory of me <laughs> I have my favorite memory of you um but my memory is like a two-parter <laughs> not a two-parter you want me to share mine yeah how you think of one uh-huh. my favorite memory was oh surprising God. you with the Hamilton ticket. <laughs> As in part two. Christmas, yeah. Yeah, Christmas. And then part uh-huh. two, seeing your face when we went to go see <laughs> When those first notes started playing, uh-huh. I looked over and I see you mouth gaped open. Yeah. And you're just like, what the hell? I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the, hands I was going to say, memory. I was going to say wicked. You've already, like, you had already seen wicked before and so you knew what to expect mm-hmm. but like I, I, that memory like I is forever burned in my right. in my head those shoes are yeah. <laughs> i decided to definitely go out with those uh-huh. and that was a stupid decision <laughs> um yeah but wicked is hurt. probably like my favorite yeah and i think too because i i've always been interested in theater but not not to the extent that you love theater and for me to be able to like see you in your element you know 
Oh, yeah. Was, is always just such a great time and great memory for me because that is, that's your thing. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely your thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Always be in. Yeah. New um, memories that I'm looking forward to? Disney. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I can't wait for a Disney trip. And I'm, I'm excited for almost said next month, but it's not technically next month. August. I'm excited for August. Oh, yes. I'm super <laughs> excited. Because we get to see our South Carolina girl. I'm, I'm, so I'm excited. excited for that one. I miss her so much. I really do. You know I know you listen to this when you run. I miss you. You know what really... What, what, first off, loved her since the day I met her. Mm-hmm. And then, turn around. I My ran, hotness express. Ran, random uh-huh. memory is when... <gasps> I'm going to say this for her, and she can't even say this. <laughs> My favorite memory and the me- moment that I realized, mm-hmm. like, kind of solidified. Because at first, it was like, uh, at first, I was very nervous to meet her. Yeah. Because I knew that we were friends, like, mm-hmm. best friends. And you've always spoken how she was your best friend. But I never right. met her before when I did. Right. And mm-hmm. I was, like, very nervous to meet her because I yeah. did not want it. The number one thing I did not want there to be mm-hmm. was, like, a competition of who's, who's oh, yeah, the no. better friend, mm-hmm. right? Because you always see, like, yeah. in TV shows and stuff, like, things they like add, that yeah, happening, adding right? adding a friend always ends in competition. But mm-hmm. I'm about to share your tea. But also, <laughs> we were hanging out. We It was probably my second time, like meeting her like yeah. the, her like the second day that i was over there yeah mm-hmm. but i w- i came up and we were all sitting on the couch and you, my birthday i think it yeah. was your birthday but uh-huh. you left the room uh-huh. in a mental panic like oh, yeah, you 100%. were distraught and you yeah. didn't say anything you didn't no. say why you were just distraught yeah and you left us mm-hmm. and we just sat there i looked at her she looked at me. We got up, and without saying anything, we mm-hmm. just cleaned up. Yeah. We started cleaning. Yeah. And I think that was the moment that I was like, this is my friend right here. Mm-hmm. If we were able to communicate like that for right. our friend, yeah, there is no competition. Yeah. Like, we are all on an equal field. I love her to death. And <laughs> what kind of confirmed that was the amount of I want to slap you. Yeah. From when I last when we when I last talked to her, mm-hmm. asking her about when we can go do what we were planning to do, <laughs> yeah. in her mouth she had the nerve to open <laughs> up her mouth. All I said was, "Hey, this is what we want to do. What time works best for you on which day?" Mm-hmm. And she had the nerve to say, "I don't know if I could do that because of money." Pause. Stop. I didn't ask you that. Did I ask you that or did I ask you what day you wanted to do it? <laughs> and you can attest, that is my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. w- for me, as a person, I was, and I think I was raised like this because of seeing how my mom and dad are. Mm-hmm. I ride for what's mine. Like, yeah. if you are my sibling, mm-hmm. my friend, my cousin, and you come to me and you need help, and you're and it's genuine. 
that's right. that's the biggest thing. Yeah. It's genuine and it's not I'm trying to take advantage. Right. Then I'll try my best to help you. Mm-hmm. If I'm planning to do something and I know you like it, right. if I'm not asking you about how much money you're going to be able to put up for it, then <laughs> don't ask me and don't come to me saying, oh, I don't know if I could do it because of money. Did I ask that? Right. That yeah. I say, hey, mm-hmm. do you think you're going to be able to pay for this? Because this is what we want to do. Right. I ain't say that. Then don't <laughs> bring it up. I'm, the mount that I, I wanted to slap her was like, oh, yeah, this is my friend right here. Because I just want to slap her so bad. I love you. <laughs> um, yeah. That day was really rough. I don't know why I am that way, if I'm honest with you. Right. Because growing up, my mom and dad, like, our house was never dirty, right? But in my mom's eyes, our house was always dirty. Mm-hmm. And the house would be completely clean. Like right now, we go to my mom's house, she thinks it's a mess. We think it's immaculate, mm-hmm. right? Crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But that's how it was when I was growing up, is there'd be a few things out of place, and my mom would be like, well, you can't have anyone over until we clean up. Mm-hmm. And I'd be looking at her like, where's the mess, Mom? We're, 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 we're clean it. Right. I and don't know. Your eyeballs? It just, I don't know. <laughs> it just wasn't, you know, like, it, that was how how she was. And our house isn't anywhere near perfect. We live here. That's the point. But I think what really, at that time, was like, I had a toddler. I didn't have, like, a kid who could clean up after himself. I had a toddler. Mm-hmm. And my house was destroyed. Okay, to be fair, no, it wasn't. <laughs> like in if, my head, if you it was want, destroyed. Like in your head, it was. But literally, you had dishes in the sink mm-hmm. from lunch that you just made. Yeah. And you had toys on the floor that two, what at the time mm-hmm. three. Three toddlers. Th- the, two. Uh, no, no two. it was it was. Kayla, she what? She was living with me at that time, I think. It was three. So three. You had three toddlers Uh all playing together (laughs) and toys everywhere. Yeah, because it was KJ and... A mess. But, I mean, I'm going to let you think it was, but it it really wasn't. But in my mind, it was a mess. And I was like, there's no way that I can have company still sitting around here with it looking like this. And I felt so overwhelmed, and I felt... Like, just so, no, there's no way. Like, you Mm. guys can't. Like, I have to. And I took myself to my room to, like, gather myself because I was like, my house is a mess. And there are people here. And I don't want to clean in front of them because, well, you just just don't do that in front of your guests. Why not? Because I surely would, if if we're friends, I would help. If not, then I'm going to just sit my ass down. So I was like, I don't know what to do. And it was like. Her, she was there for my birthday mm-hmm. and you were there because we were hanging out for my birthday and I was like I, I gotta step away because I'm looking at it and I want to fix it but I don't know if it's appropriate to fix it and I feel overwhelmed because my quote house is a mess I'm and um, I know and it just then when I came out of my room and I saw you and Amelia cleaning I just started bawling because why are my friends cleaning for you me? You don't have to do that. <laughs> and we looked at her like, if you do not shut up, 
look in the fridge and see what you're about to make us for dinner. Yeah, pretty like, much. You're doing a lot right now. Yeah. You're on a 10 and we're like on a 3. Yeah. And I think we, like, I, mm, yeah, that was really rough to deal with because, uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, All right. so I want to change topics. And this is kind of, it'll, I'm guessing you could say controversial because not everyone's opinion on it is the same. Mm-hmm. We had a situation this past week, not this past week, this last few days um, at work. Um, I found out that someone who's been coming to our facility for over 15 years has been told that he can no longer return to the facility for visiting. And when I found out, I was very confused because he had been coming for so long. Um, and I, uh, when I finally got more information, um, I was told by a resident that a another nurse and a another resident's family member looked into his background this visitor and found that he had been accused of a crime in our local area but was never convicted and was never like there were never any charges filed and just from personal experience with this visitor, that was kind of shocking, if I'm honest, because the type of crime he was accused of seemed very out of pocket for the person that I knew mm-hmm. or I had met. Um, so the topic is, do you think that people who have committed crimes and we all know that there's quite a few of them (laughs) do you think people can be different do you think they could learn from those behaviors and be people that we can trust not we specific but we you know society can trust again because now there are some crimes that like crimes against children, domestic violence, sexually explicit, you know, crimes. I don't think those are people that you would ever say, oh, yeah, we can trust them again. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like, you know, just. I think I think, in general with, mm-hmm. with all crimes. Right. Can people change after doing crimes mm-hmm. in general? Yes. Okay. No matter what the crime is, I do think that people can change. Would I trust them? <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> Depending on the crime, no. Like if if someone got convicted for you know sexual assault on a minor, right? Could they change afterwards? Absolutely. They can turn their life around from that situation, and they could grow and and evolve right. and change because mm-hmm. people are forever growing and evolving um do i think that they could do that yes would i let them around my children 
No. Well, obviously, yes, exactly. You know, so yeah. I think I think people mm-hmm. people can change from their past. Mm-hmm. People learn from their past, um, and can better themselves from it. Yeah. I think in this particular situation. I think in this particular situation, mm-hmm. should that particular visitor, because I know the details, and we're not sharing it for just because it's not it's, our story it's to not tell. Our story to tell. Uh, but um, yeah. But based off of what I know mm-hmm. of the situation, yeah, and the person, I don't see why they can't come back to visit. Right. Only because in this particular case. That person was not convicted. Nope. That person he was questioned and released. That person allegedly committed the crime at their place of work. Right. And their work did not even dismiss them. Right. Still, still works work there. there. Mm-hmm. So do I think that they should not be allowed to visit? No. I also don't think I think what, when it comes to, I don't think anybody has the right to determine who can come visit them and who's not. As long as that person is not creating harm an or to right to where we are right. or have any type mm-hmm. of uh, felonies against them, then right. I don't see why you can't come visit. Right. What I can say, and I feel like we should flip the topic to, do you think that certain people should mind their own damn business <laughs> because this is the second time that that resident's family member right. has gotten into other people's business and not focus on her own. Right. She's too worried about a child that's not hers. She's worried about someone who's not visiting her family, family member, member mm-hmm. but yet she's not worried about the fact that her and her own family does not come see the resident unless it benefits them. I think, too, like, as... Not throwing shade, but definitely throwing shade at that one, because I do not like Also, her. with that topic, too, like, as nurses, we should have boundaries. Right. And, yes, I could love my residents all day long, and I could decide to get them things and, you know, snacks and drinks or whatever, right? Like, I could decide to do those things. But when I, when we cross the line into spending off time at our place of work with the residents, I think that's, that's, that's no, you are, I, n- you are now crossing the, a boundary, right? Like you are now, it is now personal. And every time something bad or something, you know, hairy, if you will, comes up with that particular resident, that particular nurse is way too invested. Right. And it starts to cause a problem. Right. It causes a problem in the way that nurse processes the shift. Right. How that nurse does things on the shift. How His they fo- prioritize right, that he, the work that needs to be done. That nurse is very focused on that one resident. Right. And, and I find it ridiculous how people don't think that. The thing with n- being a nurse, we're trained to look at everything. Right. Whether you know it or not, we can sense a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We're trained to look at a situation and mm-hmm. get the story within 30 seconds. Yeah. And I just feel like 
Turn it up. I in uh, school we were taught how pretty much how to do a head to toe assessment within the first thirty seconds of walking into a room. Mm-hmm. And that's even before you lay hands on anybody mm-hmm. to, like, fully assess them. Like, you're trained to observe everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things, like, when you are observing that particular situation between this nurse and that resident, you already know that it is very unprofessional. Looking at it, it is you're, extremely it's unprofessional. very unprofessional. But not only that, even taking that away, you are so close to this resident's family member that you and her decided that you were going not, to investigate. Oh, not just decided, but literally they decided, came up with a plan to execute, and then executed this. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm pretty sure they, they, they did not execute this during work hours. Oh, no, they did. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, because he should have been passing meds, and he wasn't. He was, you know, figuring out how he was going to investigate a visitor that has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with even his side of the hallway, his side of the unit, has nothing to do with his resident. And isn't that family member a nurse as well? Yes. She works in cardiac telemetry. So, meh. Like, you should know that that is way outside that nurse's scope of practice. Y'all aren't cops. It's not your job to go investigating visitors. We all have a past. Every single one of us does. Good, bad, and ugly. Everyone has a past. But you wouldn't want somebody to tell you that you can't go visit your family or your friend or someone you're counseling even because of your past. That is horrible. And you have stepped way outside of your scope of practice. You've also now turned one of my residents into this spiral because now the a second person that he is close to, you've taken away from him. Right. And from what I understand, he's the one of the reasons the first one was taken away or has been complained about and put out in the street for a few days about... Is that person still... Yeah. Not allowed? I know. I know who, mm-hmm. but I'm saying is that... They, they can't, like... Wow, that's, he can, that's he can, ridiculous. He can, like, care for him, but that's it. Like, he can't eat dinner with him anymore. He can't um, help him go to the park. He can't do any of that stuff anymore. He literally can only care for him when he's getting in the bed. That's it. He can't do anything else for him. He's not allowed. But it's because that nurse decided that... He didn't like how they were reacting with each other. Then how how are you still, you know, doing this with this one particular resident and his family member, but you're investigating and reporting what? Because you in a glass house right now. You should not really, be casting stones. We, we could definitely hem you up real quick with the fact that you are spending extracurricular time with a resident right. and a family member, you're showing favoritism to said resident and family member. Right. And and you can quickly become on thin ice as Literally. well. Literally. And like and you're distracted. You're not reporting things you should be reporting. Right. On the other residents that are under your care. Right. Like he told the resident that had the visitor 
that the information he found on his visitor, he's a mandated reporter, so he has to report it. No, you are not. The only mandated reporting you have to do is on your residence. Right. If if that if that particular visitor was abusing, right, stealing, right, you know, sexually harassing that resident, then you would have to report, and you would have to have witnessed it, or the resident would have had to have outcry to, to you right. that that's what was going on. But you're going but around you didn't. snooping, and, right, and. Reading something from what fifteen years ago? Six years ago. Well, Still six, but that particular person, that visitor, has been coming to the facility for fifteen years. So he was coming, then committed or not committed, allegedly committed this crime, and was talked to. Because and I and think that's also coming. very important to realize too. That whole thing is technically alleged. Like right. even in the article. It never says it never that says he it was, was charged. Convicted. It never says it's an alleged situation and that on happened. Virginia's judicial judicial site, right? Where you can go look up and do backgrounds. Mm-hmm. It's not there. You literally had this this visitor taken away from a resident over something that doesn't even exist. That's, something that's, that's not even that's in the court documents. There's nothing there. That's technically hearsay. And you not only did he you know, tell the resident, oh, I have to report it. He reported it to the DON, who then reported reported it to our head administrator. And then that head administrator went and told our security officer about it. And that security officer and the administrator told the resident, he is no longer allowed to visit you here. He's no longer allowed in the facility. Over what? Over a, uh, I get a creepy vibe. Listen here, Karen. <laughs> Sit your ass down. No, literally, yeah. she's a fucking Karen. <laughs> That's literally all it is. Uh-huh. Oh, she, yeah. She, uh-huh. she is, I, it's, that, okay. And her family member, the one that we care for, just wants to live his best life. And he doesn't really know any parts of this. He just knows he's just around when it's happening, you know. And I just, it baffles me. I'm just worried. I'm just kind of confused on why are you worried about other people not visiting a different resident when you're not worried about your own parents not coming to see their own child. Right. You're not worried about your other family members. You're literally the only person who comes to see them. Right. And honestly, you don't even look happy being there. And honestly, I've walked past the room a few times when you are visiting and you're sitting there scrolling on your phone, talking to the nurse and not interacting with the resident. So right. really, are you are you are you there because you genuinely want to be or are you there out of obligation? Because you feel obligated. Right. Because you you don't really inter- I mean, like you interact with him, but not like you do the nurse. Right. Not like you do the other resident that sits in there like. It just doesn't, it's just one of those things like, I truly believe that yes, people can change, but also we are not in a place to rush to judgment over things we don't know about. Like, I think there's another view. I think there's another view too. But for this particular visitor, every time I've interacted with him, every time I've seen him, he goes out of his way for the two residents that he visits takes right. the one in particular that's in directly involved with this to the store 
to get groceries and snacks and drinks and helps him come back to the facility and helps him put them away and helped him rearrange his room and get rid of stuff that he didn't want anymore and counsels him. They do Bible study together and watch movies. Now, please tell me where he is in that particular instance a bad influence and does not need to be in the facility. And mind you, what really confuses me about this is that in the same facility, they actually have a resident Mm -hmm. who got charged with two counts of sexual assault. Right. Who was still living there. But yet this one resident, I mean, this one visitor Mm -hmm. who hearsay allegedly committed a former crime Mm -hmm. is not allowed to come at all. Like. Does not make sense. No, it doesn't. And it really sucks because this one resident has been kind of targeted in a few situations with Mm. visitor, not visitors, but with like a staff member and a visitor. And so it's just one of those things like, why are we, why are we targeting them? Like, or why are we targeting that resident? Why is, why are we magically looking into this resident or this visitor off of what a nurse said? And not just said, literally, if you look up this person's name, the first two articles talk about it, right? But everything underneath it, nothing to do with this particular person. There's two articles written, and that's it. And those two would be the only evidence he could have showed our our DON to make a case for why he shouldn't be in the facility anymore. I'm literally losing my mind because of it. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it just that this week has really like tied my mind up a little bit because I um. It just, it's been rough. Like, I just don't understand how, like we talked about last week, how judgment is cast upon those and upon situations that we don't know about, that we have nothing to do with, that we are not directly involved with. And that's just something that I will never understand. Um, I do think that people... I do think people can change, and I do think that um, I'm not saying with every crime, and I'm not saying you have to directly <coughs> directly trust them when those people are released from doing time or even after these accusations, um, and I mean that for those in, like of things with, in sexual nature, but with people just being talk to about certain crimes how someone could just rush to judgment about you know what they're doing wrong sorry you're gonna hear the dogs (laughs) that would be life in the raw for you guys life is happening um, but yeah, I just, um, it was a topic that's been on my mind 
I've experienced quite a few nurses, though, that kind of interact outside of their scope. And don't get me wrong, like, there's things that, you know, I, I think are okay to do with, mm-hmm. you know, residents and stuff. But it's, you know, like I said, like, buying. I have a resident who loves sweet tea. That's his thing. And he does not have family directly that can go out and get it for him. So I bring it to him. Rude. <laughs> I bring I That's bring so him wrong. Like, you should never be able to allow be able to allow <laughs> to do that ever again. I bring him um like a case of the is it pure life? Something like that? Something Sweet tea, wrong. something like that. Um and it like I don't accept money or anything for it. I just do it because I know he likes it and his family isn't local to be able to get it for him. And um, I think it's only like one time a month that the residents can get groceries and groceries and stuff mm-hmm. from um, like the from I don't know I don't know what their name is from supply I guess you could say right. um, and activities because they're the ones who go out and get them what they're asking for mm-hmm. um but you know they only get it once a month so you know by the middle of the month most of them are out of their normal There's like snacks s- yeah like, and it's their extra stuff like yeah the facility provides them the bare minimum oh yeah for sure but it's the extra stuff yeah. and extra the particular and things and that they're like around. so um but doing things like that and obviously we can't accept money for those things right um you know That's i why just I don't do it horrible um but you know just doing something like that but as for like spending time outside of work hours and outside of it just that does not sit well with me but i have met nurses even outside of here you know out of the facility we work for that have done it and i just see for me for me I'm always very skeptical and I'm very cautious to go above and beyond because I am a black man, a part of the alphabet mafia (laughs) that is a nurse. So like that's, that's, you know, that doesn't, it doesn't quite line up to what, yeah. Because for me, if, if, and I can tell you this, and that's what's sad. If I Sorry, gave the attention, the mm-hmm. if I gave the attention that that one nurse gives that resident, oh yeah, I would be in deep shit. I, you know, you saying that it, that actually makes me wonder if the particular care person that we were talking about earlier in that particular resident. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, is, is that why that? No. But, yeah. but do you see what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I really wonder if that's what the trigger is for it. Absolutely why. Because that person is a, is a part of a, my, a, cute, yeah, a few man. minorities. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's definitely, it's definitely one of those things that as, as a member of a couple different minorities, we, we gotta, I gotta be careful with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't be going out and and on a resident's birthday, come in on my day off 
right. hang out with them, mm-hmm. then leave, and go, go out with to them, l- go with to, them a meal. to a meal, yeah, and, and then back. come back mm-hmm. and hang out all day long, right. literally all day long. I can't do that because no. then I I get mm-hmm. I'm gonna find myself in the DON's office pretty much in the administrative. But I office. just find it crazy mm-hmm. how they allow this to happen, right? And they know about it, which really pisses me off. I, and that that's what bothers me, too. Like, we're worried about this outside person coming in. But we have a whole nurse with a family member, you know, that I'm not saying that you can't be friendly. But what I'm saying is, is that you're crossing the line. Because my thing is, and let's be let's be real here. If there is a situation and, and us as nurses, we should know that we shouldn't do this because if there was a situation with that particular resident Mm -hmm. who's to say that she's not going to feel as if you should have done more you've done more in the past why didn't you do more this time right you know if something bad happens and and oh you know i blame you because you should have looked out for this or you should have seen this and Mm -hmm. you're gonna find yourself in a lawsuit very quickly oh for sure and that's why we are taught to not of course, be friendly, be right. kind, show right. that support there, but mm-hmm. also you can't cross a line because yeah. once you cross that line, you cannot come back. No. You can't backpedal because now if that nurse decides to backpedal mm-hmm. and create that space in between mm-hmm. that resident and the resident's family, I mean, mm-hmm. the resident's yeah. family member, then... The first thing that goes wrong, sh- they sh- will blame you. And, and that's not that's not a good place to be. Mm-mm. And this, like, this has clearly been going on for a while. Um, months ago, said resident was sent out. Um, and he went to a local hospital that's not very far from our facility. And said nurse. Had Visited me, him every day. Had, hold on. Had me count him out early. Uh, from the shift so that he could go and he told me that he was just so worked up about that resident going out and seeing him like that now mind you he wasn't in an emergent type situation but he did need to be evaluated mm-hmm. sooner than the doctor would have been in mm-hmm. um and he was like well he i'm so worked up from from the situation i just i need to go home i need to go outside and smoke and i need to go home and i was like okay i'm i've never been opposed to all right bye <laughs> like i'll right. count you out you go i'll i'll keep my time thanks and um so i counted him out and then the next he was off the next two days and i didn't see him again till like the following like Wednesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, he told me about all the time he had spent with that particular resident at the hospital, caring for him at the hospital with said family member. And it was just one of those things like, I definitely can understand staffing shortages in hospitals. I know that that's a huge thing um, in some units. And um, so don't get me wrong. I'm sure they appreciated you being there. But at the same time, you should not have been there in the first place. Right. You should not have even gone to visit. The only person who's really allowed to visit our residents when they leave the facility are our chaplain and the administrator. And the social worker. Right. Like, 
us as nurses, we're not supposed to go up there. Now, we have been told by the administration if someone is terminal and they the families are asking for visitors, then, then we're we allowed to right. go. But in our particular setting, like, you can't, you can't we're, just do we're that. Not, we're not... It, it is a part of our rule. It's in our handbook that we are not to visit unless it's a asked situation. Family, unless yeah. it's, it's and it's not even just asked by family because mm-hmm. because if we just sent a resident out for any reason and they're going to be at the the hospital for a few days mm-hmm. and the family asks, we still can't go. In the rule book, in our manual, I believe it says it only is if that res if that oh, if person terminal. Is, if it's terminal and they're not planning on coming, coming back, back. Mm-hmm. and the fa- and then the family also has to request it right and then we can go that's right. the only time yeah because <coughs> and i think maybe i've been there almost a year i'd say in that year i've had one and he quickly turned around and ended up coming back to me and is still with me but mm. in that time you know, I've had, in a year's time, I've had one resident who was, you know, clinically terminal, and we were told that we were allowed to go visit if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I've had several residents go out. Mm-hmm. Go out for extended times. And I, I was Up to almost 30 days. I have, yeah. And was never told that it was safe, or not safe, but allowed to go visit them. Right. You've had plenty of residents I that have, go for yeah. extended stays. And and, and terminally and honestly, I had one that was that went for a long time, mm-hmm. terminally ill. Mm-hmm. Um not a not don't don't know. Didn't mm-hmm. know whether up or down what to do. Mm-hmm. We still didn't go visit. Because yeah. no one said it was no okay. No one said it was okay. We like, can only go if it's okay. It just the the fact that they felt that they could do that. It's crazy. Just, and yeah. then not get in trouble for it. It's right. crazy to me. And I just, it really is that, uh, like, glass house situation. Like, you're in a glass house. And everyone is for telling you. For me, it's you, a white privilege situation. I'm just going to call it as it is. It's honestly white privilege. But that's privilege. probably it's, really it, true. And I'm, I really hate privilege. that. And, and that's just because with this particular facility, I think only one, two, three four nurses are white you two day shift and the night shift night shift only four your four day shift five six seven seven day shift two on day shift and then one on my shift so there's seven white Mm-hmm. Now we have eight nurses per floor. Hold on. Hold on. We have eight nurses during the day, eight nurses on three to eleven, and three nurses, four nurses on eleven to seven. Eleven to seven. So out of all of those, only only seven, seven in the collective are white. Yeah, that's true. And, but our and, entire and board then, is, and then and then and if, you look at, if you look at the aides as well mm-hmm. none of none. them none of them are white we all have of them zero are, all of them are minorities yeah if you look at kitchen staff all I minority uh, all minority mm-hmm. except for one, one or two 
three, I believe. Yeah. And they're are white. All males. Yes. Right. And then, so if you look at that, and then you turn around and look at our administrative board, and you look at our our nursing administration, mm-hmm. all of them being white. All of our management. And then you want to tell me that. One. And then you want to tell me that that's not white privilege, when all of you guys know about this particular don't you you cannot tell me but and also like with this particular person he's also part of the alphabet mafia um dad was an attorney uh current partner is an attorney and just literally lives life like it should be handed to him right and but then is quickly you know telling me how long he's been a nurse and how long he's been doing this. But my thing is, is if you've been a nurse for that long, and I really would never discredit anyone's experience in that because I believe you. You a lot longer than I was. But, you know, like, you, then you should know better. Right. You should just, you should know better already. Right. And it just, I think right now that's like the biggest frustrating thing at work is just, I'm watching a resident suffer. A resident who had a visitor who was counseling him and teaching him ways on dealing with his anxiety and, you know, teaching him different ways to study his Bible. They were watching movies um, with the other resident that he visits. And it's just like, why? Like you stirred the pot for what? The only thing you're doing is making my resident suffer. Because this person never looked in your direction. This- never looked in your direction never looked at you never looked at your family member no. like did nothing right not said more than two words to you he just he's very he's always friendly hey how are you and then keeps it moving like hey how are you we're gonna go to the park hey how are you whatever but it's never more than just a hey how are you and it just he's never caused any harm to the two residents he visits and he's never caused any harm to anyone he interacts with since being there. So it just, it, I think too, like I'm protective over my residents. And to know that you intentionally did something that is now making one of them suffer bothers me. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, all week has not been sitting well with me. Like, I mean, just say the word and I could get petty. That's all I need you to do. Is just tell me. Cause you know the I'll, scene I'll go, of Lilo and Stitch? I'll go straight to the D.O.N.'s office tomorrow. You just just give me the word. Well, I'm not there, so you do you. Um, I can't control you. I'm not there. Um, but you know the scene of Lilo and Stitch where Stitch is holding Lilo? And that girl is like, you're never going to be like your mom, right? And then she goes, okay. <laughs> and Stitch was like, okay. Yeah. Smile and like you know yeah. starts and taking start taking a picture of yeah. Lilo beating the shit out of Myrtle. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely yeah. Lilo in that situation. You're definitely Stitch. So you're yeah. definitely like yeah, okay. <laughs> you started it. You you want me to release the Kraken? <laughs> yeah. So I just mm. yeah. But that whole thing kind of I, I know that was like really random and kind of all over the place, but you know just knowing knowing that visitor mm-hmm. you could have never told me he was ever anything he's 
an instructor or a counselor. You could have never told me that he had really ever committed an alleged crime. And it just, that really did not sit well with why someone was casting a judgment or casting a stone in his direction. But my question question from that, though, is do you see why I did not like her from the get-go? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Because I remember when that situation first happened, I kind of got the sense of, like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, she she didn't mean it. Like, mm-hmm. but, like, I'm over here, like, all right. But I oh, don't true. like her. True. Um, he's referencing, I showed this particular person um, a picture of my son because she asked to see him. And for those that don't know, my son really needs like dental work done and she made a comment on the dental work that he needed done and in that moment i don't know if she registered what she was saying or if she did um but it did kind of catch me off guard and kind of i like kind of moved away from like Mm. getting to know her or like interacting with her because I could not trust what she was saying, like, or trust the reaction she had. Mm-hmm. And it really just kind of, like, it kind of caught me off guard. But the fact that she had made it about my kid also, like, like flipped a switch. And then when I told you, it flipped the bigger switch. And, um... I was not allowed to be around... And like uh, you weren't allowed distance. on my floor. You you she could not come. You to my banned floor. me from your floor for being there for prolonged periods when she was there because yeah. I was ready to say something. Yeah, and so that that was really that was rough. Um, but yeah, that's what he's referencing is her. She's a serial person behavior. of 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 being a Karen. Yeah. She mm-hmm. should get her hair cut. <laughs> short in the front with the long pixie and then cut. have yeah a little pixie <laughs> cut with the spiky <laughs> on the top and then short around and then in the bangs like anytime you describe so that i think cut. of john and kate <sighs> my obsession <laughs> with that show growing up i don't think you fully like understand my obsession with john and kate plus eight i was sitting there i watched every single episode mm-hmm. of john and kate plus eight i believe you and I when when they announced that they were getting a divorce, when I tell you, you were I, devastated. Now, now watch this. I was watching it with my mom, uh-huh. so I could not show my emotions. Mm-hmm. But I definitely cried myself to sleep <laughs> that night. I was distraught. Yeah. Also, I, I kind of saw it coming, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the way she treated him. Mm-hmm. But I was distraught. I believe you. And it was it. I believe you. Love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking, like now that you like said that, our interests in television two are totally two different totally things. different things. Because I love reality. I TV. love reality TV. <laughs> okay, my guilty pleasure <laughs> is reality TV. First off, the trashier the better. <laughs> like currently, and then, and then I go into, like, cycles of when I watch them. I'm mm-hmm. a binge watcher. I don't like watching as it's on TV. Mm-hmm. I like to binge watch 
episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. So I go through a cycle where, so I started with Real Housewives of Potomac, mm-hmm. and then the next reality show I watched was Dance, Dance Moms, Moms. Mm-hmm. and then, you know, all of these are pretty much like some like I so I would watch Real Housewives of Potomac. I think I watched like two seasons. Mm-hmm. Put a pause on that. And then as the newer <laughs> episodes are coming, I put a pause on that. And then I watch Dance Moms. I'm mm-hmm. on s- I watch season one through four, put a pause on that. And right now I'm on um, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I'll put a pause on that. And then <laughs> I would, so I usually do like three trashy uh-huh. and then one wholesome one. <laughs> so like I did that and then I would like, oh, okay, John and Kate plus eight. I mean, but then again, it was also pretty trashy. Mm-hmm. Um but I would kind of cycle through and go like that and then also then throw in, like, my Grey's Anatomy and, and right. you know, different shows like that. But I am mm-hmm. trashy television. You, <laughs> you know how to kill someone and hide it. I have seen every I swear episode. that's why you became a nurse. Every episode. No. Wow. No, no. Rude. Pause. I want you to tell the truth. Say it again. I've seen mm-hmm. every episode. Mm-hmm. Of Law and Order. False. Say it again. (laughs) Start over. Say it correctly. Rewatched. Uh huh. Probably a hundred times. Thank you. Every episode Uh of Law and Order SVU. Absolutely. Um, I've seen. Literally, so okay, so you know how on TikTok (laughs) they'll show you like clips of some shows. I would literally see a clip. I want to know more about it, but I cannot find more parts or I can't find the details that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I can go to Danny. Give her bare minimum details, and then she'll be able to tell me exactly what happened. Okay, let's test it out. Let's see if this is. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if we can do it. Okay. okay. Take a break. D- I mean, take a breath. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Listen to the details. I'm not even gonna look at you, so you won't laugh. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And mind you, I saw this clip a few weeks ago, but I promise you, you're gonna tell me more about it. Mm-hmm. It was a clip. Mm-hmm. In the clip, there was this boy i want to say he's like 14 Mm -hmm. he was getting arrested by everybody ice cube was on this episode Mm -hmm. um so was our girl i can't remember so olivia yeah Yeah, never say her name love her Mm -hmm. anyway so so the boy gets arrested Mm -hmm. and the sister's like no no he didn't do it and like she's like defending him but the family's like no he did like they found his dna Mm -hmm. and then they pulled him into questioning and then she's like they were like oh well we found his dna and uh, the sister's like yeah but i'm the one who did it and they were like Ah, no see (laughs) i told you i told you i i knew you could do it okay they were twins okay they were both born male oh but in transit like when she when when one of them the one that they made a female uh-huh. was born she was born with both parts oh. and so they made her a female uh-huh. instead of letting her develop as a male uh-huh. they started giving her hormones and they turned her into a female uh-huh. but her dna is still genetically male oh. so she was tagging she was graffitiing a uh, place and she was sexually assaulted and she ended up, you know, her DNA was with this person. Right. And she actually, like, managed to get away, but in the process, like, threw him off mm-hmm. a building. Mm-hmm. Oh, and killed him? Yeah. So oh, he was shit. So he was found, and then, but he was found with her, DNA, if you will, uh-huh. DNA. 
and um they had the same like graffiti tag so they brought the brother in originally but it was actually her then she found out that she was genetically male and transitioned back to male but they could never get them to turn on each other see i knew you could do it (laughs) (laughs) when i tell you that's Uh one of my favorite games uh-huh. to do i literally have seen like but all you, probably like four thousand however many episodes right you do you do um true crime podcasts oh yeah all the time i do especially in long drives mm-hmm. i know the it kills moment, you because the moment you go to sleep in long drives the <laughs> moment she puts on that it's funny because we're like jamming to music and once there's a lull and she put the moment she clicks a true crime, I turn over and I go to sleep. I'm like, nap time. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially like that. if music's not speaking to me like it normally does. Right. I'm like, nah. And then the only the only real reality anything I see you watch is Steve Wilkos. I call it Ratchet TV time. And yes, it's Steve. And Wilkos. she only watches it when she's cooking. Right. I that's true. Um, <laughs> but also like I, I've seen every episode of Law and Order, multiple times. I've watched every episode of Snapped, which is, which is a problem, and I'm telling you, you know how to. I really, yeah, um, like I don't know. Criminal justice has always been like really fascinating to me. Um, not that I would ever want to work in it Mm -hmm. per se, but it's always been like, uh, I guess guilty pleasure of mine Mm -hmm. is just. I'm a just. Yeah, I've seen. I I can say I've seen every episode except for the new season of Grey's Anatomy, and the only mm-hmm. reason why I didn't see the new season is because I don't think it's on Netflix yet. I watched it all the way to like season thirteen. False. You missed my good parts. Uh, that's that's as far as I made it is season thirteen. Yeah, you missed. You missed so much. Yeah, I. But I've been told that. I yeah. I just realized I was like talking to the side of me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, um, yeah, I just realized though, like when you were talking about it, like we have drastically different tastes. Ratchet TV, drama, reality, ratchet. Well, yeah. Reality TV, Mm -hmm. dramas and Disney. Yeah. (laughs) Literally my life. Yeah. Um, Disney and true crime and court related stuff. Court stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can ask my parents. When Jody Arias was on trial for killing her ex-boyfriend, whatever. I don't, I, I don't know who you're referencing. This was like 2011. Now, I can't say this. If, if mm-hmm. the true crime or court, whatever, has anything to do with the medical field, I'm down. Right. Or your reality TV people. Did you hear that girl who got, uh, or my reality <laughs> TV people, that girl... Who throughout her baby got like was locked up. They won't let her. Yeah, out. she should be. How long did she get? I don't know. I haven't looked into it, honestly. Mostly because they stopped sharing a lot of detail on it because she was still. Hmm. Are you talking about the one that threw her baby in a dumpster? Because mm-hmm. she got life. No, no, no. no. The or one who threw who was who threw the trash, the trash can. can at the hospital. Yeah, I didn't look into that one. Not recently. The one that someone just got life or was put on death row. She's like the first woman in Georgia to be put on death row. And her execution date is mid-July. Oh, that, I've and never seen them do something that quick. Yeah, Georgia does. Oh. Um, 
but they're the only so most executions are planned within months of the I didn't know that. death sentence. I felt like people the only are on death row forever because they're tied up in appeals. So if you constantly keep appealing your case, you your death stop. penalty case, for as long as it takes for the appellate court to get to your case, that's how long you sit on death row. Yeah. Mm. So, and there are some that have, like, been tied up in, like, litigation on should death penalty be a thing. So then that kind of mm-hmm. pauses the timer, if you will, for mm-hmm. when you get executed. But Georgia, They're quick that, with it. Um, the judge said, because she, she defended herself. She didn't have an attorney. That was stupid. Yeah, 100% stupid. Um, but she defended herself. There was no argument. Even if you're innocent, I always feel like never defend yourself. Right. Even if you honestly did not do it, right. you should never defend yourself. N- yeah. Because you don't, you don't know the... Once, once the prosecutors... Mm-hmm. Once the prosecutors see that you're defending yourself, they're going to try to flip your dirty. words mm-hmm. and make it dirty because mm-hmm. you don't know anything. Right. So she defended herself. Unless you're a lawyer. Didn't argue. You defend yourself. Even then, don't do it. <laughs> didn't argue with the sentence when she was given the death penalty. Yeah. Um, She had no reaction. I mean, as blank faces, I don't know what. Um, Right. Like, you were found guilty. You were... You know, you're now the first woman on Georgia's death row. That's why the the girl right who now. threw who threw her baby in the trash can mm-hmm. at the hospital. First off, there's no way in hell you can tell me that you did not know you were pregnant. Especially when the pictures came out. Like you, you, there's no medically. I get I because I used to watch the reality show. I didn't know I was pregnant. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get it. Like, sometimes you truly do not know. And and medically, that can happen where you don't know. But, baby girl, you were literally baby bumping all showing. How can you not know? Like, honestly, make it make sense. How can you not know? You're literally waddling. Mm-hmm. And then the mom. Like, the mom baffled me. Okay, she's okay. Her name is um, Alexi Trev. Yeah, Trevor. Alexi Treviso. Yeah. She was 19. Um, she was charged with first degree murder or alternatively abusing a child resulting in death and tampering with evidence after secretly delivering her baby boy at that hospital in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, but. What really got me is her mom was looking at her and was like, why didn't you tell me? How could you do this? How could you not know? How blind are you to your child growing a human for nine months and not noticing? And and specifically not – and it's not that because, once again, I did see a lot of episodes of I didn't know I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. But, like, she was showing – like right. she was visibly pregnant. This, this wasn't like freshman, like the you know freshman fifteen. No, this, no, was, this was like, like a she is a skinny abdomen. mini and she has a yeah. rounded abdomen. And, and even then, still, by then, then why would that, you not? I find it crazy that even if you if, even if you want to go along with that story, what got her is the fact that she didn't say anything once she gave birth. 
she would if she would have opened that door and screamed bloody murder right that she was giving the so they could have rushed in and for all you know the baby could no, be living no you ready for this you ready for this mm-hmm. they can you want to know what the autopsy said the baby died of suffocation because the baby was in the trash can the baby died from suffocation yeah that's probably why she ended up with first degree murder and don't, and don't get me wrong like if this baby was conceived out of something bad right if that was the they case. They found the baby's father who said that he found it. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, but even if it, it was Even if it had been, like, I could understand, like, not wanting anything to do with said child. Right. Because I saw this other shit. Never mind. But we are at a point right now where, like, you intentionally, intentionally. Right. Gave birth to a child in a hospital bathroom of all places. Mm-hmm. Tossed said baby in the trash. Mm-hmm. And then went and sat back in your hospital bed like nothing happened. Right. Like the pl- the body cam footage of her, she's like, yeah, she's crying, but she's crying because she got caught. You can tell it's not a cry because she just gave birth or she's crying because the, cr- the baby as is soon dead. As the doctor told them, she was like, I'm sorry. I didn't do, I didn't know I what, didn't I know what to do. Yeah. What? So you knew you gave, you gave birth. You were like, yes, I could understand it was shocking. I'm sure very traumatic in itself, but like, and I guess. But with that being said, too, that kind of goes back to, I do want to know how she felt during that time leading up to that moment. Right. Did she know she was pregnant, but she was right. trying to just like. I'm not pregnant. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not doing this right I'm now. I'm not pregnant. And yeah. completely dismissing it. Mm-hmm. Um. Does she think that she had no other options? Right. That's one thing, too. I do mm-hmm. want to say there are options. Yeah. If if abortion is not the option for you, and it's not for a lot of people, and that's right. okay. That's, yeah. That's completely okay. Mm-hmm. Adoption is always an option. Right. You know. And I really hate to say it, but, like, safe havens are an option. And safe and havens And I know that sounds really bad, but, like, I would rather somebody take their child somewhere there than to cause harm to them. Or, you know, just straight getting rid of them. Right. Like, there's there's always there's so many options, options. Yeah. to do. And, and I can understand being scared at 19. I couldn't imagine myself having a baby at 19. Right. You know, like, right. I couldn't imagine that. Right. But also, like, from, like, a mom's standpoint, I have five, I have five nieces. Right? I have five right now. Mm-hmm. Well... Seven, technically. Which mine is yours as well as <laughs> mine. So, you know, I, I have that many nieces, right? And I couldn't imagine one of them being so terrified to tell anyone that they were pregnant that they discarded right. their baby. Right. But I also, like th- that. I also think that that kind of goes to making sure that with your children you have that open line of communication For sure. and there is a trusted safe mm-hmm. space in between the two and right. this whole thing of because i hear this a lot from some people from our generation too mm-hmm. because it was taught to them mm-hmm. that don't be your child's friend oh my god here's the thing i get it you don't want to be your child's best friend mm-hmm. <laughs> 
but because that can cause a lot of issues but at right. the same time you have to as a parent you have to figure out that fine line right yes don't be their friend be their parent but you still have to be a trusted parent you right. still have to be sure that you're not going from zero to 100 in 3.5 seconds like give your child every child has a voice you right. will never hear me ever 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 not say that every child has a voice yes every child's feelings are valid yeah as a parent it is your job to mm -hmm. listen to that voice right listen to those feelings mm -hmm. take a moment to yourself reflect on that and then deliver back to your child what they need in that point in time right yes they might need a little stern and I'm not saying don't be stern with them. Right. But, I, I, but what I'm saying is. don't create a hostile environment. Where you're not, where they don't want to share anything with right. you. Mm -hmm. That's why, grateful for my parents, it was never like that. Not me, <laughs> not me having to sit here and think. I don't, I don't think I ever felt like, I could say with my parents, the things that I didn't share with them, it's because I didn't want to share with them. Not because yeah. they didn't give me the opportunity to share with them. I was going to say, say the same. So it was never a hostile environment. Mm -hmm. I never felt like I couldn't tell my parents. I just chose not to tell them for certain I things. I could say the same thing. Right. I, I think also, too, it was a feeling of I didn't want to disappoint them. That, too. With the stuff I was but saying that's, and but or doing. But once again, that's not something so. that they ever said that you would be a disappointment if this ever happened. Yeah, no, they, they, never, said they never said it. It was, that's, my, it's, it's, it was it's me my assuming. Own, yeah, it's my yeah. own anxieties and my mm -hmm. own assumptions mm -hmm. that that made me do that. But, yeah. like, I've never had that case with mine. Like yeah, they were, same. They were pretty much like, open book, tell mm -hmm. us if you need to. And I definitely was the one to be like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> um, I love him. So I think right there is a great place to stop. Um, but I, yeah, we've, this is a lot. Like right. That was, that was we, this is episode six. Wow. Yep, this is episode six. Episode six, still growing, still going. Yep. Um, thank you everyone for listening, tuning in. Yes. Um, we really appreciate you. Um, let's do peaks and pits. Okay. Um, peaks. Um, that. Oh God. I'm laughing. Because it's, it's kind of crappy. It's kind of crappy. Um. My peak for the week is that my very troubled resident that gave me so <laughs> much stress and caused so many headaches was oh officially discharged from my facility. Did you see the, that paperwork that they handed everybody? Oh, I sure did. And that's just to cover their ass. Were you shocked? I, yeah. well, because I knew about it, mm -hmm. but at the same time, mm -hmm. I wonder, I, I, anyway. And if I'm if I'm being honest, like it's a that's a steep price. But if my I'm honest, is, but my thing is, what are they going to do with everyone else? Are they going to keep that up with? Because the one person the, that I have that's mm -hmm. out, did y'all are y'all what y'all going to do with that? So he wouldn't be part of that new policy. Why? Because it happened after he was already gone. Pause. What do you mean it happened after he was gone? Like the no, poli the policy was put in place after he was gone. The policy was put in place. 
So it would the it would start the, the moment same. that the policy went into play. When when was the moment the policy went into play? Friday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So from Friday on, it would be him or his responsible parties. So what are y'all gonna do? Because he, he never mind. That's yeah, it's none of my business. I just anyway, know anyway. that their legal loophole Pitt. found me freedom. Pitt. Um, Pitt is the what we talked about earlier. My my other resident suffering. Um, I think my um peak would be. I don't know if I have a peak. We haven't really done a whole lot this week, honestly. Because we've been just like been work. working. Like, that's it. We haven't done... I think my my peak is us doing episode six <laughs> of this podcast. Um, my pit would be... I'm not sharing details, but for what happened last night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just know he messed up. Uh, um, <laughs> that is definitely yes. my pit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that being said, I want to we want to thank everyone for tuning in for another episode of Life mm-hmm. in the Raw with Troy and Danny. Um, <laughs> I want you guys to make sure you're sharing um, uh, all major platforms: Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Music, um, so Spotify, Amazon Music, yeah. Apple Podcasts, yeah. um, Pandora, Pandora, iHeartRadio, all of the above, all major podcast platforms. Please, please, please share on all social media sites. Share on your Facebook. Share on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Share on your TikTok. Yes. We do have an Instagram and TikTok. Our first post did go up last episode. <laughs> yes. Um, uh-huh. So please be sure to post there. I mean, to follow us there. Mm-hmm. Um, feel free to DM us if yeah. any questions um, that Stuff you might you have us, us to talk about. Any topics that mm-hmm. you guys want to talk about. Any comments that you've had on our last episodes. Yeah. Please mm-hmm. make sure. DM us comments on those uh, posts. Um, if you want us to, sh- if you want to share a story, um, or you want us to talk about a situation that you might be going right. through, mm-hmm. um, once again, DM us. Let us know. Please share your name if you don't mind it being shared. If you do not want it to be shared, let us know. Yeah, we will not share any information that you are right. not willing to share. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as I know a lot of our p- um, listeners currently are a lot of families friends family friends Mm -hmm. um people that we might know um if you do not want us to know your business but you still want to let us know just let us know we're not going to share your information we're not yeah we're not rude yeah (laughs) um but yeah please please like we say it's not our story to tell right you want us to share your experience then we can only share what you've told us right and we can share our our opinion if you will if that's what you're looking for Right. Um, but also, like, it, those aren't our stories to tell. So right. if you want us to tell them, then, you know, that's, that's what you decide. That's what you decide. And yeah. you can decide how much we do know. And mm-hmm. once again, even though we do know you guys, it's not like we're going to be out in these streaks. You telling all, your, yeah, I, all the streaks <laughs> telling all your business because we are not those kind of people. No. Um, so with that being said, love you. See you. Bye. Love you. See you. Bye.